What's up and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Tamor Hussein from GameSpot, Whoa. aka it's a Tim Tam Thursday, baby. How you doing, Reunited Tam? Reunited at last again, and it feels so good. It I'm feels so good. good. <laughs> I, I love having you here, and I, I love, there's like such a vibe. The, the magic to Kind of Funny is Kevin. We all know that. It's yeah. just the truth. He is the glue. We've, we've called him that so many times. But I know when a guest of ours isn't just a guest and they're family. Like, they are just like Kind of Funny extended fam. When we get the them and Kevin vibe and we see how y'all bounce off each other. <laughs> and you and Kev hang out as if you know each other your entire lives. And to me, that means you are Kind of Funny now and forever, Tam. Oh, man. I appreciate it. I, I love love kevin's like presence on everything he's like voice of god and and he's also like very matter of fact just wants to get stuff done but my favorite kevin is mischief kevin oh yeah Mischief kevin is my favorite kevin <laughs> like <laughs> recently i've been listening to like i've been bored so i've been going back and listening to in review for the mcu stuff like old 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 stuff because i was like oh i watched the uh, thor ragnarok over the weekend again because i always do that and i was like how Naturally. can i enhance this experience so i went back and started listening to old like in reviews for the mcu stuff mischief kevin is on the form back then like she's doing <laughs> so well back then but also like is this emotional Kevin there as well? There's times where he's like talking about how good a movie is. I'm like, Kevin's good, man. I like Kevin. Kevin is you good. Guys, Kevin. You guys, you guys roll. Obviously, I love being um, on anything <laughs> you guys do. And um, yeah, so thank you for having me once again. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, of course. And we will have you many more times because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We come to you with all the video game news that you need to know. You can watch the show live on Twitch or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily. If you want to get the show ad-free with the exclusive post show that we do after the show, because that's where post shows go, you can go to patreon.com slash games, just like our Patreon producers, Denanobiologist, Blackjack, Trent Berry, and Blackjack did. We appreciate you all so very, very much. Uh, today's stories include an Xbox Bethesda roundtable, a Square Enix presents, a tiny Nintendo 64, and more. We're brought to you by Logitech and HelloFresh, but I will tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. Whoa, we got some little dubstep going on in the voice there. Yeah, okay. Okay. Story number one is a quick one, but I wanted to make sure we got it out at the top so people did not get scammed. This is a Resident Evil PSA from Luke Plunkett over at Kotaku. A lot of people want to play the game with the big lady, and scammers know this, so fake emails have been circulating inviting players to an early access beta which doesn't actually exist. Enough emails that Capcom has sent out a warning email of its own. I got this email. Kevin, if you could click that link, please. I got this email earlier today from Capcom PR saying that the early access invitations being sent out appear to be phishing attempts by an unauthorized third party. So if you get one, bin it. Damn, uh, what? That was fake? 
<laughs> Damn it, Tab, you got scammed. <laughs> I got uh, scammed. They promised so yeah, me the big lady, and I clicked the link. <laughs> they promised me the big lady. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> so you can see the email here. Uh, it's saying, hi, Luke, we're sending this message. We've been made aware there are currently emails circulating that pretend to contain early access invitations for Resident Evil Village. The sender address is being displayed as no reply at Capcom.com. We want to inform you these messages are not from Capcom and appear to be phishing attempts by an unauthorized third party. Blah, blah, blah. If you're unsure of a, the authenticity of correspondence from Capcom, please contact us directly. Don't hesitate to get in touch with Capcom PR. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, this sucks. Don't be an asshole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't be an asshole. And especially don't use uh, Lady Dimitrescu's name to try and scam people. Come on. It'd yeah. be better than that. That sucks. Like They know what they're doing. Yeah, they know. Like that's you got to imagine that's kind of calculated, right? Looking online, being like, what are people really into? Can you Let's imagine get a those scammer? horny fuckers. Yeah. Can you just imagine a scammer somewhere being like, how do we get these? Uh, and Google, like, I like, got just the idea. Yeah, I got the idea. So there's this you vampire lady who like is nine foot tall and everyone on the internet wants her to step on them. So if we send out an email promising access to the vampire lady. We got them. We got them. We'll step on them. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> How hyped are you for Resident Evil Village? Oh, man, I'm so hyped. Seven was amazing. I really, really loved doing so, uh, playing Seven. And I, I remember, uh, so we went out to Japan and went to Capcom um, to do like a multi-part uh, series on, on Resident Evil, specifically Resident Evil um, 7. Uh, and uh, it was really fascinating to speak to like this generation of Resi developers who were who were kind of reviving the franchise. And the thing that I really took away from it is they were desperate to get back to the horror roots. And it it really came through. And when I played the game, I was like, oh yeah, these these folks got it. They understood what they were doing. And now it's a slightly different team, but the people who are the dude who's directing it was on that team as well and i'm um, it seems like they're kind of expanding it out to be a little more action focused and so i'm excited for it but i'm also kind of nervous to see what the i where they're going with it now like is it still super horror-y do they want to start introducing the the action back into it to the point where we'll get chris punching a boulder again at some point or <laughs> how is it going to be um it's, it's it's i'm super excited to see it yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I, I I really, really, really enjoyed Seven. I definitely prefer the remake style of gameplay over the the first person style that of the of Seven and what and Eight seems to be. And yeah, the actiony stuff like kind of concerns me a bit, but. I'm all in, man. I, I the the maiden demo was enough for me. Where my man tonally and just kind of the yeah. the atmosphere of this is definitely up my alley, and um, it, it feels different and fresh. Even though I think just like looking at trailers, you're kind of like, okay, we've kind of been there, done that before. But like, th it definitely has a different vibe than than seven for sure. Uh, and it's coming soon enough, man. I my one of my, my quick story aside, but one of my favorite moments from filming that uh, that whole documentary series was they kind of let us into the development pool where there was like loads of developers everywhere just making resident evil and they were like <laughs> okay so, so we needed some just some shots of people coding and and you know like designing and developing the game so we can use it as establishing that kind of stuff and they were like fine and they basically gave us a metal gear solid style cone of vision where we could pan the camera and like it very conspicuously stopped next to like right next to one person who was sitting at their computer back to us just like writing and this person was wearing like a black a black t-shirt and it had like some japanese writing on the back and um and like one of the people that I was with was like, it's a very strange place to 
like to tell us to stop. And I looked at the person who like stopped next to him. I looked at his T-shirt, and I can read some Japanese. And like I read his T-shirt, and I was like, oh, it's because of the T-shirt he's wearing. And it said the words "Every day is hell" on it <laughs> on the back of his T-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh man. it's probably because that might be misconstrued as like something like he's clearly just like a horror fan or something like that. Yeah, but, but it like, feels like bad workplace. Yeah. <laughs> and like the dude was I looked at the dude and the dude was like having the time of his life like really happy just like typing away and like looking around excited to see people around I was like yeah his t-shirt is probably the reason we can't do it <laughs> oh there, that God, is I hope fantastic they notice my shirt. I hope they notice my shirt yeah. <laughs> it's like I want my shirt to get some screen yeah. I think the weird thing is because like the Kona Vision panned over like storyboards and concept <laughs> art and then it got to a man with a shirt that said every day is hell and they were like do not get that guy nope. stay away from him nope <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, moving on to the next story. This one's kind of a live one that's actually happening right now. A Bethesda joins Xbox Roundtable is happening right now. Pete Hines, Senior Vice President of Global Marketing and Communications at Bethesda, tweeted out, get to know some of the faces behind Bethesda games and studios you know and love in our Roundtable discussion with Xbox on the Xbox YouTube channel. Uh, Aaron Greenberg then also tweeted out, who's the General Manager of Xbox Games Marketing at Microsoft, join us this morning at 10 a.m. Pacific for a roundtable conversation between team members of Xbox and Bethesda. Note, this is not focused on news and reveals, but a great chance to learn more about the teams and people at Bethesda. Um, really, this will probably, as we're doing the show, if any news comes from it, uh, which is doubtful, but if any news comes from it, we will we'll probably be talking about it. Let us know in the chat if, if important things are popping off. Um, but I think the key thing I wanted to bring up here is I love the transparency of this is not focused on news and reveals and like getting ahead of it and kind of trying to set the expectations where where they need to be yeah i think it's 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 a lot of um after yesterday's announcement and and the completion of the deal a lot of people are like well what's going to be exclusive what's going to be this what's going to be that and there was a lot of questions around it and i think this will be just an opportunity for them to sit down and be like i don't think they're going to talk about exclusivity i think this is going to talk about like collaboration and how exciting it is to have access to Microsoft's, uh, you know, bottomless pool of money and support <laughs> for the Xbox. Money, uh, money, money. Yeah, and that's what it's going to be. And I think it'll be like a bunch of Xbox execs just making sure that the gamers know that they're not looking to put their finger in any of Bethesda's pies and start, you know, rooting around and moving, moving things. And I think it's everyone's going to benefit from seeing them together and being like, yeah, we're friends. We're cool, you know. We're yeah, make some games. Yeah, totally. I, I think that it's going to be. I mean, it's happening right now, so it's it's weird to even speculate on it. But I imagine that this is kind of step. Calling it step one seems weird, but it's step one for this relationship of kind of building on what Microsoft's been doing the last five years even of making sure that the different teams are established and known to be associated with xbox phil spencer going on the stage at e3 having all the logos of the different teams behind him and, and talking about them saying them by name like it's important to educate the the audience to understand first parties what they are like to know that microsoft means more than just it's microsoft it is all these different teams and now bethesda having so many of its own teams now being part of microsoft there's that new education process that needs to happen. I think that it's really good to get the Xbox figureheads that we know combined with the Bethesda figureheads yeah. that we know to kind of start associating them as the same because from this point forward, they, they very much are. 
Yeah, that's something that Sony does really, really well. People just naturally kind of know that Insomniac are a Sony studio and, you know, Gorilla is a Sony studio, Sucker Punch is a Sony studio, but Microsoft feels like more of a nebulous company still, which mm -hmm. is bizarre because they've been in games for forever at this point. And even, even like me, sometimes I have to think about, are, is Bungie? No, Bungie's not related to microsoft anymore 343 is the one that yeah so what about epic games epic games did they give actually it's not them it's the you know the coalition. other studio coalition and is the coalition the same as the initiative or it's just like weirdly like confusing i mean like you have to keep it get, keep it straight in your head um but i think this is like like you said a good chance for them to really flex you know do do the peacocking that they need to do you know get the feathers 100%. out so everyone can see these are our <laughs> studios uh we just bought them it's like that kid you know when, you, when you're in you know, i'm annoyed by it now i'm thinking about it but you know when you spend ages like putting together just the most baller deck of pokemon cards be like i traded for months and months and months to get this squad together and then that kid rolls up he's like i bought all of these off ebay and you're like like well fucking great dude literally that happened to me uh with Yu-Gi-Oh cards though uh where there was one summer when we were like it, it was like our second wave going back into Yu-Gi-Oh when we were a little bit older and the rules were we just play with the cards we we had from when we were younger and me and my friend Curran both playing by those rules were all good then my boy Vince comes in and he has all these fucking cards that I had never heard of and he literally just went on eBay and just made this dumbass deck and we played with him and there was no way to beat him like it was just impossible because <laughs> he would just like it was like I'm like okay I know about Exodia what the hell is this shit where it's like you pull this one card and it's just like you're done. My, You're done. I was I, I was never into super into Yu-Gi-Oh and like um I I eventually like I didn't I still don't have a super deep appreciation for it but I remember being at home one day and my younger brother uh, walking in and like he was into Yu-Gi-Oh and he spent a lot of time like collecting stuff and 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 like trading and that kind of stuff and one day he came in and like he came in as if he discovered like the Ark of the Covenant and he had this like box and it looked like it was like a, a, an Egyptian treasure box. And he came up to me, he goes, I finally completed it. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea what you're... And like, he, he like opens the lid and it's like every piece of Exodia like oh lined up. Yes. And he's got like all the Egyptian God cards. And I was like... <laughs> I don't, I don't really care about this, but I can see that you're excited and I can, I know this is important. So, you know what? I'm proud of you. Good shit. You, and like, he's, know, got, he's got a shrine to these like Egyptian God cards at home. The, now. Hey I'm man, like, it was, they I'm were so it. smart about that shit. I got to say, I'm landing on the line right now. Best video games, Pokemon. Best anime, mm -hmm. Digimon. Best cards, mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh. Interesting. That's the rules. Interesting. I didn't make them. I'm just following them. But. Interesting. Anyways, moving on, continuing talking about this Bethesda stuff for a little bit. Uh, we have a listener mail question from Ignacio Rojas. What is up, Tim Tam? How's it going? I've seen a lot of people get excited about the potential of Bethesda's acquisition. Tim, I know you're one of those people. I'd like to know why this excites so many people. Games-wise, how would the outcome be different under Microsoft than had the acquisition never happened? Let's assume future Bethesda games are exclusive. Would this be the only difference compared to a world where Bethesda had stayed independent? Or does Microsoft bring something special to Bethesda's catalog? To me, it will probably be business as usual, except for the fact that some games will be exclusive. Anyways, as always, keep being awesome. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, th I think, um, I don't think it's going to be business as usual. I think 
the one thing that I, the way I've been thinking about it is, um, and we like discuss this on GameSpot's podcast, yeah, After Dark. Um, the way I think about it is, some of my favorite games of the last generation, um, specifically from Bethesda, are come from Arcane and the, the Dishonored games, like Dishonored One and Two. Love those games to death. Critically acclaimed. When it comes to sales, not as successful. In a world where Bethesda is still independent, I'm not sure that we get a Dishonored 3. Hmm. In a world where Microsoft owns Bethesda and Arcane, I'm a little more confident that we get a Dishonored 3 because they don't need to worry too much about sales now, especially because Microsoft is pushing Game Pass as one Mm -hmm. of their key metrics. And in order to bring people to Game Pass, relying on known quantities and things that people can very easily get excited about is a smart way to do it. And, you know, Dishonored is a critically acclaimed series. Gia just scared the shit out of me. One second. I saw that. (laughs) Oh, wait, come here. Hold on, this is the debut. Hey! Moose, Moose got a haircut, and it's, oh. it was an accident. What, what <laughs> He's was adorable. The, what was the accident? They were just like, oh it's yeah, just, do you want to cut most of it off? And she was like, yes, no, no. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But he looks I like, like he looks like a cloud. He looks like a cloud. <laughs> he looks so, no, he looks good. Okay. He's so cute. I'll talk to you later, G. I'm, I'm live. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, that scared uh, the living hell out of me. I'm sorry. Sorry, continue. I thought you were getting really excited. I thought that. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Did they announce this on a three during this? this that would have been perfect. <laughs> you willed it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess like the idea is, um, you know, there's less concern about what sells and more concern about what will bring um, the boys to the yard. What milkshake will bring the boys to the yard? And you know what? I think they can make a a dishonored flavored milkshake. I think there can be a prey flavored milkshake. I think that there can be a Another Wolfenstein flavored milkshake, you know? I love that, man. I, Indiana Jones flavored milkshake. Indiana maybe. Jones you know flavored what I'm talking milkshake. about? That's the one Finally. I'm most excited for. You and um, Blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Can't wait. Let's go. I mean, we did an in, in Indiana Jones in review just to get hyped for this thing. Uh, I, I've been talking about this a lot on things, and it's interesting. I think this Bethesda uh, exclusive conversation, it's started like the discourse started toxic and i think it's because it starts from this console fanboy console wars place that can get really dark and dirty very quickly uh but also kind of just exists and is even when it's dark and dirty is also a good thing and also is just a real thing that people are fans of things and like competition and like one thing being better than the other and that doesn't need to be this horrible thing i mean look at sports right Hmm. like you you root for a team but you still love the sport. You might hate and talk shit about other teams, but at the end of the day, you love the sport and they're playing the yeah. same damn sport. So it's like, come on. And I feel the same way about video games when it comes to uh, especially the big three. And I put out a tweet recently talking about um, why I'm excited about this and why I'm excited about the ideas of exclusives. And I know there's a ton of people that are like, Tim, why would you want to stop everyone from being able to play every video game? And it's like, it's not about that. What it is about is that exclusives give the option to have everything optimized from the ground up for the one platform, whatever that is. If it's Microsoft, that one platform being Xbox and PC with similar architecture, all that. But 
there's so many things adding on top of each other where I think exclusives are important because that gives the competition of uniqueness between the the big guys. But on top of that, it allows the library of an ecosystem of each of the um, publishers to be able to kind of have its own identity and create moments like Super Smash Brothers or Astro's Playroom. Mm. Like I want Xbox to have exclusives so that when one day we're looking at Xbox and talking about Xbox, and it has something that has that magic that the two games I just mentioned do. And yeah. you don't get that from things that are available everywhere. And that's fine. Things, there are a bunch of other games that are available everywhere. But I, I'm very excited about the idea of Microsoft having an identity that is rooted in awesome, exclusive games to them on top of all the other things. And that doesn't mean every single game ever. I understand there are a ton of battle royale shooters things like that that need community and mmos that need communities to survive those should be everywhere those should be in as many places yeah. as possible but having said <laughs> that we already have call of duty we have fortnite there are these games that are filling those those voids mm. it, it definitely feels like that is what they're trying to do give themselves that identity through exclusive games and i mean like literally coming out of that round table that's happening right now Bethesda has said, uh, and Phil Spencer has said, if you're an Xbox customer, this is about delivering great exclusive games for you on platforms where Game Pass exists. So exactly. they are, they are so doing key. it. And the other thing that just came out of it, kind of breaking news, is there's 20 iconic Bethesda games coming to um, Game Pass, I believe, tomorrow, as of March 12th. I don't know. I don't know what time and day is anymore. Time's a flat circle. But those games are Dishonored 1, 2, Doom, Doom 2, Doom 64, Doom 3, Doom Eternal, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, uh, Fallout 76, Prey, Rage, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Jesus. Online, Evil Within, Wolfenstein, um, uh, Old Blood, and uh, the other two main games as well. Uh, Fantastic so. stuff, man. I mean, look, we're here's the thing. We are in a new era uh, of content, of entertainment, of media. And so much of that is through the streaming wars that are happening on the entertainment side of things. And every couple of weeks, there's a new streaming platform. But over time, that's becoming less and less true. And they're all just kind of consolidating up. And right now, it's a mess because licenses all, are all over the place. But I was reading a really interesting article uh, yesterday on The Hollywood Reporter uh, talking about Paramount Plus and why it is such a horrible uh, launch, which essentially it's CBS All Access, but rebranded, ton of promises, it, it relaunched and it is none of those things are there like the library content's not there blah 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 like so many issues um but something that i thought was really 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 uh interesting that they said was the the streaming services are are like sushi it's rice to surround the fish the fish is the real actual unique quality thing the rice is the stuff that just kind of sustains you and keeps you going. And the fish is the original programming. It's the house of cards. It's the stranger things. The rice is the office. The rice is, you know, whatever, uh, just other content, the stand-up specials and all that stuff that they're putting on. And I think that uh, right now what we're seeing with Game Pass and Xbox is them understanding this, them kind of making a platform and cool, we have Bethesda, great. Here's their back catalog, it's there. We're not playing the Nintendo bullshit game of Super Mario RPG not being on Nintendo Switch Online SNES. It's like, no, 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 we have access. Why would we not give it to them? There's the rice. Now they need to start bringing the fish <laughs> to the sushi game. Yeah, I don't know what you said, but I'm hungry now. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right, 100%. Like that is, it's such a smart strategy, and you know that is the right way to approach 
streaming services. And some streaming services do that well, and some of them kind of seemingly to have too much rice right now. Netflix, mm -hmm. looking at you. Um, not a lot of fish for too much rice. Uh, but yeah, I hope that they kind of find that balance and they and they encourage the creativity that we expect from you know a, a service like that now um bethesda one of the coolest studios around and i feel like you know going back to the question had they remained independent i feel like they'd be taking less and less risks um but now i feel more confident in the risks that they will take but both with new franchises and with the existing games that they have in production I feel like Elder Scrolls is going to be a better game for it. Starfield would be a better game for it. Um, that Indiana Jones would be a better game for it. Um, yeah, it's an exciting future, both for Microsoft and Bethesda. And you know what? Gamers benefit. Gamers going game, man. Yeah. Uh, and there's, they're going to be gaming with a whole bunch of games because moving on to our next story... Square Enix presents Spring 2021 announced. Square Enix today announced the debut of a new video program called Square Enix Presents, a series of shows in which the company will reveal new games, updates, and news directly to the global gaming community throughout the year. The first show debuting on March 18th at 10 a.m. Uh, and at 1 p.m. Pacific, or sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Square Enix's official Twitch and YouTube channels will run for approximately 40 minutes and include the world premiere of the next game in the critically acclaimed and award-winning Life is Strange series featuring an all-new protagonist wielding an exciting new power. The show will also feature trailers, gameplay videos, and announcements for the following Outriders. The high-intensity RPG shooter set in an original dark and desperate sci-fi universe coming out on April 1st. Balan Wonder World, Jesus Christ, uh, which mm -hmm. arrives on March 26th. The ongoing celebration for the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider. Marvel's Avengers, the story-driven third-person action-adventure game from Crystal Dynamics. Upcoming action shooter, Just Cause Mobile. New mobile game announcements from the Square Enix, from, from the award-winning Square Enix Montreal studio, which I'm excited about. At a few of the whimsical games from Square Enix sister company Taito, uh, and there you go. Jeff Grubb had a little bit to add here from Venture Beat. As for Tomb Raider, Square Enix says it will have announcements about the ongoing celebration for the 25th anniversary of the series. The Microsoft Store already leaked the existence of Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy with a release date of March 18th, so it's possible possible that will shadow drop alongside this presentation. Hmm. Exciting, but also not exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's an interesting thing because like so the tomb raider trilogy uh, i didn't know what it was and before i clicked on it i was like oh shit is it the original games and it's like no it's it's just a packaging of the the reboot games which still pretty cool like we need to keep giving those games chances to live mm, <laughs> you know yeah because they yeah. just got done so dirty <laughs> originally yeah. um but I otherwise know, like, go for it yeah i was gonna say like there's there's some cool games in here like outriders surprisingly has been received pretty well by a lot of people um uh, Ballon Wonderland is one I'm still curious about given the heritage and developers involved, but... Did you play the demo? I didn't play the demo. Tam? Um, I watched the demo. You have to play it. It's, it's unlike... Watching it does not do it justice. Okay. It is okay. potentially the worst thing I've ever had my hands on. I, I can't I, believe it. But like, it, it, it makes it a fever dream that is worth <laughs> playing. 
It is an utter insanity. <laughs> see that now I'm interested in playing it. If you're telling me it's a fever dream, I'm down. Let's see oh, what this nonsense it is, about. It is fucking insane. <laughs> like I'll, I wouldn't even believe I played what I played if if Imran hadn't played the exact same thing and we didn't talk about it on Gamescast. <laughs> like I was just like, okay, cool, that did happen. Um, I, I like this. Problem, this whole, I, go for it. I was gonna say the problem I have is I really struggle with putting up with bad platforming. Like if it's bad platforming, I'm just like I'm done. I'm out. Well, the same for you. The same for you then. <laughs> Um, I like this. I, I am a big fan of these video game announcement showcases and the different developers and publishers kind of having their own, I think is a really cool idea. It's like gives us more things to be excited for throughout the year, as opposed to just putting all the eggs in the E3 and game awards buckets that usually result in uh, a lot of tears and upset people. Um, and not that this will be any different because you can't please everybody ever um but i like that again transparency here they're given the time for how long this is going to be the talk about all the things they're going to announce it's like if with this type of briefing if people get mad that final fantasy 16 is not there it's like come on guys that really is on you um because there's yeah. still there's a, enough room wiggle room here for potentially some cool things but i do like that this is just them being like for this spring 2021 one we're just giving you updates on these games um and calling them out one by one and then they're also like oh we're gonna make you so mad with avengers we're gonna give you avengers and you know what we're gonna make you so angry because all those things that you want us to do we hear you and we're not gonna do them we're how's not about gonna that? do any of how's them motherfuckers man oh, you want us, you want us here's to some use... title games yeah you want us to use the incredible popularity of avengers and marvel right now and the seeming dearth of content around it to succeed with our game absolutely not we will not do that you're telling me you just watched it. WandaVision and you would really, really, really love to play as the Scarlet Witch? <laughs> nah, we're going to find the third Hawkeye. I don't even know if it exists yet, but somehow it's, it's next Pizza DLC Dog. Character. Pizza Dog's got yeah, a bow and arrow and is a new Hawkeye. Let's go, baby. Loving it. <laughs> um anyways we will be reacting to this um i'm craig miller i'm sure is very excited about the marvel avenger side of it hopefully hopefully everything we're saying is not true even though it probably is yeah. um, but let's see how this all goes but again i like the idea of square doing this and this seems to be um a bit more on the western side of their games with the you know just cause avengers and all that stuff but we're getting battle in wonderland we are getting some of the the title games and all that so um, this to me is exciting because it shows that one day we will probably get a summer 2021 and a fall 2021 or whatever. And mm. that probably will be where we see Final Fantasy 16 or Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2 or a Final Fantasy 7 Remake coming to Xbox and PC oh, or man. whatever. Um, so Ooh, exciting. I, I will, I will, Square Enix is permanently in my bad books until they announce a new Legacy of Kane game. So even when they're putting out the the best, even when they're putting out bangers left, right, and center, I'll never forgive them for not for just sitting on the Legacy of Kane franchise. I'll never forget it. Square What's Enix, funny, if you're listening. I've only played a demo of one of them. I don't, I don't even remember which one it was, but the character design of uh, the blue dude with like scarf. Raziel, yeah. He's, it's one of the coolest looking motherfuckers so of all time. So you're talking about Soul Reaver. Soul Reaver. All right. Let's Kev, Soul Kev Reaver. please bring this up. Yeah. I'm, so I'm here's the thing. It. I'm going to I'm gonna use it while I have the kind of funny it's platform. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. <laughs> the legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, that world, Nozgoth, is one of the most fascinating, beautifully crafted, amazing video game universes that is being squandered by Square Enix. Soul Reaver was written by Amy Hennig. 
Oh, Amy shit. Hennig has been involved in the Soul Reaver franchise, and that whole series is absolutely incredible. You want a fascinating, like, super articulated, super interesting, nuanced vampire universe? Soul Reaver is it. Nosgoth is it. If you want to see the best opening to a so video cool. game you'll ever see, watch the intro for the PlayStation 1 game Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. It's maybe two minutes, and I guarantee you, by the time you're done, you're going to be like, I need to play this game. I need to know what happens in this game. It's phenomenal. Amazing music. And Go ahead, Kevin. So, uh, sorry, I, I, I apologize uh, interrupting there. I, I just wanted a little bit of clarity. Is Soul... Mm -hmm. Was this game, is this the second of the game? Soul Reaver so is the, the first one? So the Legacy of Kane is is the original game. So that stars Kane as the main character. Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver, that was like a top-down game. It's like almost like a Diablo-style game. Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver is a spin-off series that star, stars uh, Raziel. So um, by the end of the original series, Kane is kind of like the head of the vampire world. And then... Um, uh, Raziel is one of his lieutenants, but the whole the whole uh, kind of story is Raziel accidentally evolves further than Cain by growing wings, and it like instigates this kind of jealousy. And there's this whole like twisting, turning destinies, kind of like the future of Nosgoth and you know a different races and tribes places in it so yeah so legacy of Kane soul reaver is kind of like a sequel almost. Um, but there's like three three of those games, two of those games, I think. Um, because they do like Soul Reaver, and then they have they go back to Blood Omen for a bit, and it's it's just baller as hell. It's so good. The writing's amazing. The voice acting's amazing, and it blows my mind that Square Enix is just sitting on it and doing nothing with it. Like I would love to see them. I like my dream announcement is from Software is making Legacy of Kane because that is oh, wow. just, that would blow my mind. But like I, I would kill. Dreams. Maybe with the exception of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two and Three, I would kill every Square Enix game that they have for a new Soul Reaver. Um, and if anyone knows who 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 I need to do that to to make it happen, let me know. I'll do it. <laughs> let me know. Balance Wonderland. I'm looking at you. <laughs> That's awesome. I literally had a poster of the blue guy Raziel. Yeah. Uh, up in my room, and I, I didn't even play the games. So I was just like, this guy looks way too cool to not. So but good. So cool, right? Like, there was something wrong with his face, so he's got that cover, and he lifts it up to, like, consume souls. Is that so, right? So the story is, like, he, he transgressed... Souls, he Yeah, he transgressed Kane's by evolving further than him, then by growing wings, and before he did that, he looked like... He, he was, like, this amazing, beautiful-looking creature, um... And and what they did is they because of that transgression came through him into the lake of the dead, which is essentially like an acid pit. And he felt falls through there. And the reason he looks like that is because the the lake dissolved his jaw and his his muscles and his and his like bones and he falls through the end and then he's brought back to life by an elder god to become a reaver of souls. But his physical form is a wraith. So that's why he has no lower kind of like um a jaw and the scarf is actually the scarf that belongs to his clan. So it's the sigil of his clan, which he founded. So he wraps that around his face and it becomes this kind of like cape and it represents him. It's just, come on. Come on. Come man. on. Tab, you said that the, the, the opening is, is one of your favorites and it's going to hook you. 
Question for you. Have you played yeah. Onimusha 3? Oh, yeah. I played Onimusha 3. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the intro to Onimusha 3, I've talked about it on game shows way too many times, but if you have not seen Onimusha 3's intro, go on YouTube and look at it. It's like a six-minute CG just insanity. They went way too hard, and it's yeah. just Sam and Osuke returning since the since one going on this giant demon airship killing hella motherfuckers using all of his powers <laughs> from the the first game and he needs to absorb the souls of people he kills to like gain powers and by the end of it he crashes the airship which kills like thousands of demons he like in the air absorbs all of their souls to become a fucking demon himself it's like this is too fucking cool too fucking cool <laughs> and then they meet me, gene reno <laughs> yeah jean reno i was gonna say for me there's a trifecta of playstation like opening the absolutely like sell me on the game on emission three soul revert the other one is tenchu 2 i think it is the one with mm -hmm. uh ayane ayame ayane one of them but like um there's a there's like a it's like a minute long but it shows like ayame fighting uh, and rikimaru fighting separately and then like there's a scene which looks straight up like Naruto style where he's running and he's like doing hand seals and he like jumps off a a, a like building to kind of fall and catch uh, Ayane as she's falling and then it pans out and like there's just like forces just like descending upon him um, and and the the music is perfect like I just I'm gonna watch those three after I know, we're dude, done but I encourage man, everyone to watch awesome. them because they are so good so good. <laughs> Oh, man. Moving on to the next story. Loop Hero, the surprisingly addictive endless RPG, sells half a million copies in one week. This comes from the homie Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Uh, one week ago, a surprising little endless RPG about the end of the world launched on Steam, published by Devolver Digital. Now, only seven days later, Loop Hero has sold half a million copies. Loop Hero puts you in the shoes of a hero awakening in the world entirely destroyed, but for an empty circular path infested with slime enemies. As they set out around the loop, they, they fight enemies and gain memories of a world back in the form of cards, both equipment and terrain. With half a million players now and an average playtime of 12 hours, that makes an estimated 3 trillion hours played and 18 billion loops, at least according to Devolver, who may be exaggerating the last bit a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also the fastest selling soundtrack in Devolver history history shout out to devolver digital man they've just been killing the game in the background for so long and i just feel like th they've just been knocking it out of the park recently yeah they have and loop hero is brilliant like i have been playing it and i am obsessed with it it's such a simple like set of ideas that come together in such an elegant way to present something that you're like it's one of those games where you're like how has no one done this before? Like, how, how is this a thing that's happening for the first time right now? And it's, I'm obsessed with it because you can play it almost like as a second screen game. It's got like the best of like, uh, you know, the kind of like autoplay clicker games and deck building games and RPG games all in one. And it's just so, so good. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's really satisfying. Go check it out. Loop Hero, everyone. Yep. Next story here, Mortal Kombat movie gets rated R, according to Exhibitor Relations Twitter. Uh, it's about to get real, real violent. WB's Mortal Kombat reboot is rated R, strong, bloody violence and language throughout and some crude references. Uh, so the thing here is like that doesn't sound like it'd be news, but FYI, the first two films were PG-13, not rated R, uh, which I am a little shocked by, but I, I haven't seen them that long. But I, I remember being a little kid. Blood, and, right? But they, it just the felt... Two. It felt violent. Like nothing crazy. Yeah. Like everything we saw in the trailers 
for the new Mortal Kombat are, is way further than anything we've oh, seen yeah. the other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the originals did have... Was it Goro get punched in the nuts? And I don't know, man. I feel like that. you got you got to give it an R for that. that I remember that being like, oh! <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're going to be doing Mortal Kombat explode. in review. Uh, going into nothing. yeah, that's a good point. We didn't yeah. do an X-ray into his testicles as we see them come apart. Uh, but we're going to be doing Mortal Kombat in review leading into this, where we will do Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and then this new uh, reboot that God, I can't wait for it. Do you I see this trailer, Tam? I, I have seen it. I am very excited for it. it. The thing about it is, like, everyone's saying, like, oh, this looks amazing. I don't think it looks amazing. I think it looks like the good side of campy. Like, I, I, mean, I feel like they've got... But it's Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. To me, like, it looks amazing for a Mortal Kombat movie. Because, like, a Mortal yeah. Kombat movie can't be good. It can't. I, exactly. I feel like it's... This is going to sound maybe a bit uh, wild to say, especially in present company. But I'm getting some... Fast and Furious vibes off of it, like more combat Fast and Furious vibes. I'll like you know, take it, man. most like, people. But that's like a positive thing, right? Oh yeah, that's a positive. A hundred percent is a positive. Right, yeah, right. without a doubt. Like know what you are, like, just commit to it. I mean, like the Sub Zero yeah, freezing the blood of Scorpion and turning it into a dagger is just like yeah. cool. Y'all motherfuckers made an entire movie because someone had that brilliant idea, and I appreciate I, that. I think like kind of funny is known for starting campaigns and trying to make you know manifesting things that are ridiculous and making it mm -hmm. happen. But I say we close the loop on this and start like Vin Diesel as Baraka in the next one. Oh, Let's make it happen. Make it that's happen. real good. That's real <laughs> You're damn making good. a lot of sense. You're making a lot of sense. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my. PJ Julian in the chat says the Miz is Johnny Cage. Oh yeah. yeah. That sounds, that's a great idea. That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Um, the next story is just a, is a fun one that we are going to get to after I tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Logitech. Gaming headsets are important. You want a headset with a good mic, good sound, and a headset that feels comfortable to wear. That's what's best about the G733 wireless gaming headset from Logitech G. I love the entire Logitech G line. So does Andy. He games exclusively using it. He's clicking heads, ripping them to shreds. You know all about that. You could be doing that too with the G33 Lightspeed wireless gaming headset, which comes with a 2.4 gigahertz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual zone, light sync, RGB. You know I love that RGB. Blue voice mic technology pro g audio drivers and multiple colorways which are all fantastic with front-facing dual zone light sync rgb lighting you can personalize your headset lighting across style and comfort function fashion wow who thought you can get both in one headset not this guy it's available in multiple colorways each with its own vibrant reversible headband and corresponding ear pads for a limited time here we go, guys. Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code kinda funny daily free ship 38 for express shipping today. That's express shipping for all Logitech G products with promo code kinda funny daily free ship 38. Hurry now, the promo code will expire soon. That's K I N D A F U N N Y D A I L Y F R E E S H I P 38. 
It gets me every time, you guys. <laughs> kind of funny time. daily free ship 38 at logitechg.com, please. <laughs> and next up, shout out to HelloFresh. Uh, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. With 20 25 plus recipes to choose each week. There's something for everyone to enjoy. Gia uh, one time made this pork ragu and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Uh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash 12 games and use code 12 games for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12 games and use code 12 games for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Woo! Back to it. Here's a fun little story for you. The Guinness World Records has certified Gunnar Turnquist Project as the world's smallest Nintendo 64 console. Uh, this comes from Jeremy Winslow at GameSpot. Kev, can you bring up this video, please, and uh, scroll around a bit to see some of the fun action? There we go. Um, after uploading a video of his creation in December 2020, YouTuber and modder Gunnar Turnquist Tiny Nintendo 64 has been designated the world's smallest modified Nintendo 64 console by the Guinness World Records. For Gunnar's part, converting that mass proved difficult, but he unlocked the secrets of the motherboard. <laughs> As he put it on his YouTube video, explaining how he constructed the tiny Nintendo 64 and shrunk the system to a smaller chassis. He's, he unlocked the secret. <laughs> it's just, it's, like, I, I, it's cool that he did, you know what I mean? Like, it just sounds funny to Someone's got to do it, Kevin. Someone's got to find the secrets and it. unlock them. And it's going to talk to us. It's definitely not as funny as I'm finding it, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, anyways, you can check it out here. It looks pretty damn cool. I love how small it is. The the one thing that bothers me, though, is there's no C buttons. It's a C, like actual C stick here, Kev, if you can go go later in the... And uh, that's going to make playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater extremely difficult because you can't be yeah. using that. like the Because it used the C buttons as the face buttons, and you can't be using a stick for that. Oh, my God. Star Wars Episode One Racer on the go like this. Can you imagine? You can't. Oh, it's on the Switch right now. I recently purchased a device, which I will not name because it is highly illegal. Um, <laughs> well, I, I purchased a device which allows me to play uh, games for every generation of console up through the Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, I am having a great time playing some N64 games right now. yeah yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. what you playing what you playing uh i just recently installed uh super mario rpg on it um so oh, i'm gonna okay. play a bit of if that. nintendo won't do it you will uh, oh yeah i'm taking Tam my, does my what nintendo. Hand. yeah yeah i would just like to say i have played many times in the past if that helps any of the fbi game fbi listening <laughs> right now <laughs> um let's see where do i want to go from here uh we got one more story for you this one is a, a required required reading that i'm gonna give to you but i'm gonna read a bit of it here it comes from nathan grayson over at kotaku so go check that out now uh star citizen developers fed up after being expected to work during devastating texas snowstorm this is some bullshit last month the entirety of texas ground to a halt after a colossal winter storm pushed the state's cordoned off power grid to the brink power and heat outages as well as resulting food and water shortages led many businesses to temporarily shut down this included a large number of texan video game studios 
Of those that did not, however, one stands out. Cloud Imperium Games, whose employees' confidence in the company remains shaken after they spent the week trying to juggle work and survival. In a statement to Kotaku sent the week of the snowstorm, CIG talked about how Austin employees had banded together to provide each other with aid, which employees speaking to Kotaku under the condition of an anonymity say is true. Because functionally speaking, CIG had left them high and dry. The company concluded its statement by saying that everyone at CIG has been very understanding and concerned about the situation the Texas team is facing, and we've stayed in constant communication. On Monday, sources said an Austin office manager told employees, many of whom had already lost power, to figure out how to make up for lost work time in the near future. Specifically, quote, this week slash weekend as a first option. According to one source, that source said the office manager continued, assuming roads are clear, we also can manage a few people in the studio. If all else fails, then enter PTO for whatever time you cannot make up. Uh, sources who spoke with Kotaku say that part isn't true. Uh, in response to the employee's criticism, CIG provided Kotaku with a statement. CIG is saddened to hear these allegations from the anonymous sources, a company spokesperson said in an email. Our staff's safety and well-being are a priority to us at all times. The Austin offices have remained closed to general staff since the beginning of the pandemic with teams working from home. In the immediate aftermath of the Texas storm, studio leadership reached out to all 100-plus Austin employees through their managers and individually to offer support and continues to do so with actionable assistance for all those who were affected. Quote, I still feel felt obligated to check in on teams every couple hours, said one source. I just felt like I had to do it, even though most people weren't taking those weren't talking those days. Everyone was just focusing on surviving. I think people are just tired of how this company can be. It's just about the money and not about their employees. They don't really show they care when it matters most, and they have failed with this time and time again. Um, you should go check out this article. Again, it's on Kotaku right now by Nathan Grayson. Uh, it goes into way, way more. I just got up to Monday there. It goes through the entire week, and there's so many quotes from uh, people, and they're all telling a very, very dim story that is fucked up. And it's like, guys... Be good to each other. Read the room. Look at the mm -hmm. situations going on. And sometimes, often, there are a lot more important things going on than work, than business, than all of this. And yeah. obviously, everything kind of works together, and there's an economy to, to it all. But what, what happened in Texas a couple weeks ago was me, more than means to just, just pause. Pause yeah, everything. Stop. Just stop. Don't, don't make short... Don't make short-term decisions that can result in long-term sacrifices. Like, why are you doing that? Like, the focus should be on keeping people safe and helping them in the now. Because if they're not kept safe and, you know, feeling supported now, why do you think they're going to come back later on? Like, that's not going to happen. Anyone who, let's say, is, has gone through that, I bet is really thinking about their position in that company now, making that... I don't know, it was like a vaporware video game, Star yeah. Citizen, like, uh, come on, like, and some people, you know, you guarantee the safety of your company for the long term by looking after them in the short term. It's just so stupid. And capitalism. Haha. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it sucks to see. I We obviously have so many friends down in Austin um, be, because of Rooster Teeth and stuff. And like, I, I loved how they handled it all. Like, they just put things mm -hmm. on pause. And they're just like, no, like, like we're going to take care of our people and make sure everyone's good. And thankfully, everyone seems to be doing a lot better now. I've been talking to a lot of people there and things have gotten, they're on the men's, which is great. Mm -hmm. But man, uh, but finding out if big businesses will ever be good to their employees that's so far away, Tam. If I were to know what yeah. was coming to mom and grop shops today, where would I look? 
you look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday baby Sad times, dry times right now. Doodle Devil, Freevolution, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, there PC. Uh, love to see that, whatever that is. <laughs> Monster <laughs> Energy Supercross, the official video game. Uh, this seems like to be the fourth one of these, which is like, wow, <laughs> four of these? Okay. Uh, Cyanide and Happiness Freak Apocalypse. If you're into that for Switch, PC, and Mac, a Stellar Royale PC, no reloaded Heroes Enhanced Edition for Switch, Chained Switch, Battle Brothers, a turn-based tactical RPG for Switch, Bob help them. I don't know who Bob is, but I hope that he can really help a, a lot of people <laughs> Switch. Multi-quiz Switch, A Day Without Me Switch, probably good for you. Uh, Blood Bunny The Game Switch, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, finally, some good content. <laughs> WRC9, the official video game, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Bishojo, Battle Cyber Panic, exclamation mark, Switch. Alchemist Simulator, for a minute I thought it was Full Metal Alchemist Simulator, which it absolutely isn't. Um, sadly, that's coming to Switch. Smash Club, Streets of Sheminus. Sheminus! S-H-M-E-E-N-I-S. Sheminus. You get that club, you start smashing, and you'll be the Sheminus person on those streets. Uh, Sapper, Diffuse the Bomb Simulator. There's a lot of like words there that make no sense being together. Sapper, Diffuse the Bomb Simulator. <laughs> PC. Total War Three Kingdoms Fates Divided um, DLC is now available on Steam. GTA Online. Players who sit through the extended loading time and take on any of Lamar's missions this week will now score double rewards. While Martin Madrazo is likewise dispensing double to those who take part in dispatch services. And then there's a new Skater XL in Bakdero Plaza map uh, trailer available. Uh, that map, I believe, is available now. Um, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I love that you just took the ball and ran with it because normally it's it's the host that reads the things, but you just started. I was like, I love I was, this because you were drinking. Energy, I was like, oh, I yeah. can see from the corner the, of my eye. Yeah, he was he was drinking. I wanted the jingle I to end. I love it though. That was perfect. Yeah. Could you guys hear the jingle? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't hear the jingle. That's why. Oh. oh. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's why. Okay. That's... Apologies for any any chaos no, that I caused there. It. That was fantastic. Uh, Let Tam host. Let Tam host. Let Tam host, motherfuckers. <laughs> Some new dates for you. Unruly Heroes coming to iOS and Android March 18th. Synergia for Nintendo Switch March 18th. And Bladed Fury coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch March 25th um let's see what else we got from here it's time to squad up you can go to kindoffunny.com slash squad up to why do i always get that wrong where do you go <laughs> somebody help me <laughs> i think kindoffunny.com slash games kmgd i don't know go somewhere guys you know uh, it's just the like internet. Mark, just, just like mark just freeman did uh, Mark Freeman, the Indie Boy one on Twitter. Uh, he's doing, of course, the community Zoom on Saturday. He's doing it from 11 a.m. till 4:30 p.m. Pacific. That will lead nicely into the FCF game of the Wild Aces, the first playoff game uh, that you can watch on Twitch.tv/KindOfFunnyGames. So there's your Sunday, Saturdays, guys. It's gonna be fun. Yo, Details that, on that, at the Indie Boy one's pinned tweet. That FCF stuff is wild. Like, it is wild. Faces, I, 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 I have very little understanding of American football, and I feel like I've just 
I was like, oh, this is a more digestible version of uh, American football that I can kind of get into. I was both right and wrong in so many ways. Yeah, <laughs> I've described I mean, it as American football, but Mario Party. And oh, that is exactly much. what it is. But it's like watching like Overwatch League when you don't play Overwatch, and everyone that plays Overwatch is like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly what's happening," and everyone else is like, <laughs> "The fuck? Where'd that dragon come from?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Oh man, I love it. But anyways, uh, Mark Freeman's been doing great work over there, doing the the community streams, and they they they've been a blast. So go check them out. Um, this weekend. Now it's time for your wrong. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash your wrong to let us know what we screw up as we screw it up. Let's see what we're doing here. Um, Nanobiology says breaking. Phil Spencer said on stream there will be great exclusives coming to Xbox users. Okay. Mm, yeah. He's, he's been saying that. He he's just keeps saying the word exclusives until people yeah. get used to it. And then it'll be fine. Um, Natabouch says Tam said all Wolfenstein's will be on Game Pass but the list announced didn't include the new Colossus the latest mm. one before Youngblood uh, it's also not already on Game Pass uh, my mistake hold on give me one sec we got some breaking stuff coming in here Jeff Grubbs tweeting Phil Spencer reiterates that Xbox and Bethesda could not legally make plans for the future through this entire time up until the deal closed. So decisions weren't even really being made to answer questions that people have about Xbox and Bethesda. That makes sense. Mm. Legally. Legally speaking. <laughs> um, some even more Phil Spencer is chained by the law. Yeah. Who would have thought? I thought he would be the one to rise above. Uh, Netobiologist, uh, some more from Phil Spencer, adding clarification. Contracts on current Bethesda games will be honored. Games already released on other platforms will continue to be supported like ESO. Uh, This Bethesda deal is about exclusive content for where Game Pass is. So, I mean, come on. That line, right? Mm. This Bethesda deal is about exclusive content where Game Pass is. So PlayStation owners, unless Game Pass ends up there, we'll see, everybody. Mm. Uh... Nanobiologist says, and thank you, Nanobiologist, for coming in with all this. Phil is now alluding to using IPD tech to other Xbox game studios. Interesting. Um, And Kebab says, Tam didn't mention that Crash 4 is releasing today for Xbox Series X or Series and PS5 with next-gen enhancements like 4K and SSD load times. It's also coming to Switch with last-gen load times and 720p docked. Oof. 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 That's a good Uh, game, though. And Ignacio Ross says, for squad up, you go to kindofunny.com slash Patreon, which sounds Sick. wrong to me. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know shit, guys. I'm sorry. I don't host this show ever. What I do, it's like so rare that I, it throws me into a tizzy. You know? And you don't want to see me in a tizzy, a little Tim Tam tizzy. Uh, <laughs> but if you do want to see more of this beautiful Tim Tam combo, you should go to patreon.com slash kindofunnygames because we're about to do the exclusive post show. And I think it's going to be a blast. But if you don't want to do that, Tam, thank you for joining me. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me doing stuff on GameSpot. We have a podcast called After Dark, um, which is comes out every Friday. Um, we also have a weekly video game show, which covers the three major platforms called Console Crew. Um, that's a lot of fun. I do it with Lucy, uh, who's a, a kind of funny best friend. And I guess 
I don't know what she is to she's Greg. She's in the fam like, as well. She's in the family. She's I don't like know what she always is to Greg. Is to, she's like uh, they have like weird thing where they call it like sister wives and stuff like that, and it confuses Jesus me. Jesus Christ! Like, wow, that went, let's that not, went a let's lot not further that. than that. Uh, that seem, that's not what. That's not what. That's uh, we're using. Uh, see, <laughs> we have Tam for five minutes, and we're already rubbing <laughs> off on him. He's already making things inappropriate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm also I'm also on. Uh, I've started streaming on Twitch. Um, yeah, I'm at Twitch.tv forward slash. Roommate, roommates. That's the way. That's roommates. What oh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. in, in, we call, it's different things in Europe. We call it something different, and it means you know, etc. Et you're being cheeky. Being cheeky. Uh, yeah, I do streams on Twitch. I've started fairly recently. Um, I generally am doing it for like charity. Um, but I playing Sekiro. Just finished Sekiro yesterday. Going to carry on doing a bit more of that. Um, but yeah, if you want to check me out, there I'm there. There you go. And with that, everybody, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Who is hosting tomorrow? The answer might surprise you. It's Greg Miller and Irrational Passions, Alex O'Neill. Get hype, baby. Love you. Goodbye.